From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Casey Pavick, a bicycle mechanic from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Give me a beat. Top tube, down tube, head tube, C tube, seat stay, chain stay, drop off fork, headset, bottom bracket, front hub, rear hub. Casey Pavick is a general manager and lead bicycle mechanic at Venture North, a coffee and bike shop located in North Minneapolis. Joe and Kevin sat down with Casey to discuss adapting a bike shop to fit a community's needs and the positive impact that a bike shop brings. Here's Kevin, followed by Casey. So maybe we can start, Casey. Um, uh, where are you from and where did you grow up? Oh, well, I'm Casey Pavick. I grew up in uh, Minnesota, up here in the north, on the suburbs of Minneapolis, uh, the western suburbs in a small, well, in a giant suburb called Plymouth, Minnesota, where I would ride my bike around the neighborhood and uh, build sweet jumps and, you know, try to fix things that weren't broken. You have a, a number of courses that you teach here at Venture North. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about what Venture North is and um, the, the courses that are here? And Sure. Um, so Venture North is a nonprofit bike shop. A typical nonprofit bike shop takes in donation bicycles. Um, they have community program, ways to get their community involved in biking in general. Um, and then there's usually a good deal of um, skill sharing and tool sharing and stuff. And it can be very DIY, very like base level, like bring whatever you got, let's all try to work on this stuff together. But when we started Venture North, there was no bike shop in North Minneapolis. And so um, coming here with the task of creating an education program and creating a service shop that's going to, you know, actually get customers and have them pay for real labor and stuff like that, I was really determined to help create a real business that was going to perform really high quality labor and high quality service. And... Um, high-quality refurbished bikes, and then programming was going to come alongside that. So um, the flagship program is called All About Bikes, and that uh, is our teenagers, 15 to 20 or so, 15 to 18, um, who are learning bicycle repair and then supplementing labor for uh, whatever we kind of need at the shop. So initially, it was getting bikes ready for the sales floor, learning every single thing about how to refurbish a bike, how to make a high-quality machine from an old thing that's in disrepair, you know, because a bike is a durable good. It's intended for many life cycles. Um, The higher quality the initial bike, the higher quality is going to, you know, that quality is going to stay there. And so um, we're here to, you know, add that value again through adding skilled labor. So, and so we started like that in developing a really good reputation for high quality service and really good refurbished bikes that were reliable and done right and all of those things so that my reputation as a bike mechanic for years before this, you know, was going to be held up. You know, I wanted to make sure that, um, that we were giving the most value for what people were going to pay for. And they weren't paying for just like the feel good feelings of, Oh, we're supporting this community program. And isn't it great what they're doing with the kids? And you know, this kind of cliche that comes with this type of work sometimes, um, that we really wanted to have a legit thing going on that was going to be able to sustain itself eventually. And, um, you know, people would be proud of to work at. So, Mm -hmm. so we do that. 
apprentice mechanic, you know, take bicycle repair really seriously. Then we do kids open shop and kids earn a bike classes. So they come in and, you know, to really get into the world of bicycles, it's kind of like learning a, a new language. So there's a lot of vocabulary words, um, a lot of, you know, new tools and fresh concepts and things like that. So we introduce the very basics of, um, you know, bicycle language. And those first 12 words are as follows. Oh, you yeah, let's a, hear can it. Can you kick a beat for me? Yeah. Let me hear let me Give me a beat. Top tube, down tube, head tube, seat tube, seat stay, chain stay, drop off fork, headset, bottom bracket, front hub, rear hub. So it's weird, extra weird with the echo in my ears. But yes, those types of tubes and different shapes and angles and lengths and stuff um, make up the frame of the bike and the frame and riding style and geometry all need to fit the rider, um, things like that. So starting to you know, get out of the one-size-fits-all kind of mindset and start to think about the bicycle as an assembly of parts. And with this assembly of parts, we can decide what we want the bike to become. Since we're going to create a new life cycle for it after investing some skilled labor, we can take an older mountain bike that was intended for ripping through the woods and turn it into a city bike with smoother tires and more upright handlebars and stuff. And so you begin to see past what's in front of you, you know, um, to be able to picture something that you can do with, you know, your given raw resources that are donated to you, which is really, really nice, too. And then we also do open shop, which is in this classroom that we're in right now, this repair classroom with eight repair benches. And um, we open it up to the public. It's volunteer run, and people can come in and work on their own bikes. But with the help um, and guidance of super skilled patient volunteer mechanics who will show you anything you want to know. So, you know, you can be really self-sufficient if you want to do all your work yourself, or you can come in here and learn, you know, how to build a wheel or how to, you know, adjust your brakes or whatever it may be. So, so it's about providing access um, to tools, but also access to knowledge. And there just hasn't been a ton of that um, skilled labor here on this side of town in a very, very long time. What was that that moment when you said, you know, I'm going to open up a nonprofit bike shop and, you know, actually we're serious about it? Sure. Well, I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. So Redeemer Center for Life was the nonprofit arm of the church, Redeemer Lutheran Church, that's been in this Harrison neighborhood of Minneapolis for nearly 100 years. I think it's actually over 100 years now. Uh, but when they started the nonprofit back in 99, they... Um, surveyed the community, and the community responded with, hey, we need a nonprofit to provide jobs, um, affordable housing, and youth development. And so they'd been doing this type of work. They've acquired some properties around the neighborhood um, to provide uh, transitional housing for young people and affordable housing for people that were already here, and then doing other various youth programs. So young people in programs were doing stuff with bikes. They had a micro grant um, to buy some tools and um, partner churches had donated some bikes and they were fixing them up kind of DIY in the basement of the 16 plex of apartment buildings. But one of the um, young people in that program, Kendrick, uh, his name's Kendrick Hall, kind of came up with the idea for the bike shop. The nonprofit, you know, in listening to their youth and letting their youth kind of run the show, uh, went after a grant to start a bike walk center in this side of town. So it's basically through the health department in preventative health measures to create access to healthy living. And then in the process of, you know, figuring out, hey, how do we run a bike shop, by the way? <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> uh, they went to the hub where I was working. It's a bike cooperative in South Minneapolis um, to, you know, 
kind of pick their brains, and I had to interrupt that meeting to deliver information to a customer who was in the meeting. And then when I was walking away, they said, hey, are you, where, what are you doing at the end of the summer? You know, come back here. So it's like, well, I'm either going to stick around here and apply for worker ownership in the worker-owned cooperative, or, you know, what are you guys doing? So um, I was recruited to come start this place, and or at least start the service department and education work, and now I have since become the general manager. That's like six years later. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Casey, what about, what about you? How has this experience of being a part of this community changed you as a person? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's a ton of different ways. A typical bike shop, you know, your customer interactions are going to be valued by either numbers or by, you know, getting people stoked on something. But here it's different because you're developing relationships on that first transaction. It's like, you know, and that first transaction didn't involve money. It involves coming in and meeting somebody eye to eye and, you know, letting them know who you are and, and welcoming them, you know. So that, that part changed me in how I develop a customer or develop a relationship like that. Um, another bike shop that experiences a lot more retail foot traffic or has more of that transactional relationship, um, you know, it's easier to work there. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay, here's the thing that you need and let's go. And I'm glad I can help you. See you later. But here it's like, oh yeah, you're the, the dude with the tall bike, that yellow bike. You keep getting flats in the rear. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to get to know you because we're going to end up selling you a better tire eventually. But I also want you to keep riding your bike because you're one of the few people that are coming in here so far. And like, if we make you happy, you're going to, you know, tell your friends that you're happy. So you, not only do you have to make happy customers, but you have to make evangelists at the same time. So you try, you know, you try to give deals where you can, you, um, you know, share as much knowledge as you can and make sure that people know that asking questions is encouraged in this particular bike shop, that um, we're here to share our knowledge. It's not secret. Yeah, we make money off of skilled labor and stuff, but we're here to... Um, you know, share and do that, that labor for you too. Um, so that, that part grew me as a, just as a worker, like, oh, that's a relief. I can not only do what I'm doing, but I can talk about it, you know, and like share how it's, how it's performed. And, you know, that kind of demystifies the process and educates the, you know, the customer or the client or guest or friend or whatever you want to call it now so that they're really feeling like they're getting their bang for their buck so you figure out a different way to develop customers in the long run i you know i know hundreds of customers by their first name now you know you get to greet somebody when they come in because you've been seeing them or you see them out on the on the road on their bike or whatever so um and that's the different part about being at a smaller shop in general but also at a shop that's focused around education hmm. wow that's great it's a very yeah. great way of looking at things. Thanks. I enjoy kind of that, that um, trifecta of, of you kept saying listen, share, and educate. And that's uh, really kind of a great motto for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I certainly learned how to listen better here. You know, because like I was saying before, another shop, it's like, okay, you come in, you know what you need or you don't know, and you ask, and then you sell it, and they're gone. But here it's so much of the very base level... But, you know, you have to start any educational experience with trust, you know. And so if we can get that going, 
then we can begin to share and, and get more people on bikes. I get asked, since this is a nonprofit shop, I get asked about all the community stuff and how yeah. all that works. And a bike shop is inherently community-based and driven and helps the community just in and of itself. Um, so that part's kind of all wound into how a bike shop needs to, needs to be in order to be a healthy, good, thriving bike shop. Um, but we get to be creative here. You know how? Tell us. Well... <laughs> So I mean, take it, take the bite. So, yeah. For instance, for instance, everybody gets to express themselves in their own way. Like Calvin, who came down here, um, he has his own style of building bikes. He calls them Calvin Battle. His name's Calvin Battle. Um, but he calls them Battle Racers. Oh. So they're like these kind of cafe racer-inspired motorcycle-looking mountain bikes with like flipped-over cruiser bars, and they just look mean. Just wow, rad. They just look super rad. And it's all with stuff that's kind of already floating around here that he's got the eye, and you'll go, oh, yeah, I'm going to put that part on this thing, and it may be unorthodox, or for somebody like me, I'd be like, oh, that's not how that's supposed to go. <laughs> but, you know, he's got his own style, and, you know, people see him and recognize him and his bike style, and so we try, you know, we could try to duplicate it for the sales floor, but it just wouldn't work, you know, unless he's building them, but, you know. Um, he's kind of got his own style that he'll throw at stuff, and I have my own style of building bikes, too. Um, that's functional and aesthetic, but you know, it's people get to develop their own look of how they look when they're riding the bike too. Yeah, so that part's really fun. It's almost like uh, branding or developing your own brand. Yeah. You know, like Calvin Battle Battle Racer. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. He, he drew up his own little head tube logo too. We've got a. Ah. A jeweler who um, volunteers at Open Shop who's going to make him a head badge out of brass or something, and so that kind of thing. Sweet, it's be pretty, pretty rad. Yeah, and that's the other really tricky part about selling refurbished bikes is there's so many different sizes and styles, and you know, a million different things, and having continuity with prices and bike style and being able to provide the same thing kind of day after day is tricky because the ebb and flow of what's you know coming through the doors here before we work on it is um, not always the same. So. But, you know, make them colorful, make them fun, you know, make them so that they want to be ridden. That if you look at it when it's sitting there, it makes you sad. Like, I want to, that should be ridden. Let's go ride that right now. You know, when people leave their bikes on a hook <laughs> in the garage, you know, those bikes are usually pretty sad. They got dust on them. They're just kind of lonely. And so, but a bike that's cool looking, you want to ride it, you know. It's kind of, um, you can, you're able to more, I would think, more express yourself as a as venture north now they have the the basics met the kind of the fundamentals are running along and do you have ideas for the next few years or in the next year of what the trajectory of this place can become still sure sure um so north minneapolis has the largest park um connected to it basically in all the city it's called theater worth park um it's about one by three miles it's gigantic um wow, it's got a big. lake in it there are two golf courses in it there's you know 12 miles of mountain bike trails um and it's the most kind of underutilized park in the city as far as people who live in proximity to it 
you know, if you're white folks living in Golden Valley or, you know, South Minneapolis and you've got cross-country skis and you've got fancy mountain bikes and stuff, then that park is really, really utilized for you. But where we get to expand is in, you know, helping folks on this side of town to really explore the natural resources right there. So that's a big uh, part of it. And actually, um, the park board and uh, an organization called the Lopit Foundation are building a brand new um, silent sports center. So it's like a chalet for mountain biking, um, cross-country skiing. There you have a huge uh, push towards access for North Minneapolis. The Lopet Foundation uh, brings cross-country skis into the schools to get all fourth graders on cross-country skis and having that experience in North. Um, they do trips for kids, which is a mountain biking program to you know get kids out into the woods and, and things like that. So the more that Venture North can provide those experiences or a sound safe bike to go have that kind of fun um, that's where i see us growing and actually our service manager daro jones who started as an apprentice mechanic here is going to go run the bike shop out of that space awesome so yeah bike and ski rental and with that focus on um, equitable access to the park Um, daro is a person of color he grew up two blocks from the park never went in there you know (laughs) because it's like golfers and you know it just it was not a welcoming place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so now this big push and this building is being built right now. It's beautiful and fantastic. you got to go check it out. Yeah. Um, but it's going to not only serve the needs of the people who are already using the park, but have a really focused effort on helping Northsiders explore the, the resource that's right next door to there. So, and, you know, creating those um, and tailoring those experiences. That's so. awesome. Yeah. So we want to, you know, get more people out exploring the park, um, you know, expanding your range under your own power. You know, yeah. if you live in a, a poor side of town, you usually are limited to bus routes or to your kind of immediate vicinity and what you think the city could be or what, you know, where you can go. But we try to expand that um, by, you know, riding around and seeing how far a bike can take you. I mean, just the infrastructure in the last 10 years here in the Twin Cities of biking around is significantly skyrocketed yeah that you really can get anywhere around mm-hmm. you you can get anywhere and the whole point is making it practical and easy so that you don't have to be a risk taker to ride your bike to go do these types of activities to get somewhere um, where we're still challenged is having it be normal you know, if you're riding a bike in the city, sometimes you're perceived as like some eco-terrorist and you're going to go out and slash car tires and, you know, block traffic. And you're like this. It's just silly. You know, we just we don't have to be so far on either end of any spectrum. Um, I think there's room for both in people's lives. And if we just are patient with each other and, you know, remind folks that it's fun um, and that it's for everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, Casey. It's been fascinating learning about uh, more about bikes and, and how it can make an impact in the community. Hey, my pleasure. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. Not at all. <laughs> for more information on Casey and the Bike Shop, visit VentureNorthBWC.org. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Casey Pavick, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there enjoying Season 2 of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, narrated, edited, and music by Scott Barton.
For more information on Rivers Barden Architects and Spork in the Road, visit riversbarden.com.